afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to the MWT Podcast. I'm Tiffany, and I am joined by Lisa. Hello. And today we are sipping on Principe Strozzi 2012 Chianti Italia. It is 13% alcohol by volume. Lisa, what are your thoughts on this wine? I, I don't like it. I, I don't I feel like it doesn't really have a flavor but then it tastes like very vinegary maybe that's what I think it is hmm so Tiffany thought it tasted good so I thought maybe I was just going crazy or it was her spaghetti she was eating so I had Sterl taste it and he said he thought it was good too you know what now that Lisa says it kind of tastes vinegary mm. I can kind of taste that flavor that she is talking like about like it doesn't have a normal red wine flavor the weird thing about it is... Because I like red wine. It's not, a, it's not sweet at all. No. Right? Um, it is kind of a blander red wine. Yeah. I think it's actually... To me, I think it's a safe red wine because it's it's not really dry like your professional red mm-hmm. wines, but it's not sweet like your amateur red wines. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just very borderline. It's not, it's not dry at all. See, but I think it's dry. And I don't like sweet. So, See, and I, to me, it tastes dry. So, do you feel dry like vinegar. parched when you drink it? You feel like you need like, a drink of water? Yeah. See, and I don't feel that way. And I'm trying to drink it because I'm trying to think maybe I'll like it after a few. Yeah, maybe it'll be like the 90 shilly nails mm-hmm. like last week where mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, it tastes like metal. And then yeah. the more I drink it, I was like, okay, it's not so bad. Mm. Yeah, Lisa's face is not like a happy face. Okay, and it didn't help that we opened the cork and it was like crystalled on it. Yeah, so now her mind is like... It could be my mind. Yeah, it's just her. If you know me, that's how I am. Yeah, she's just making things up here now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, I was worried when she took a sip because she opened up the bottle. I was sitting down eating some spaghetti for dinner because I just walked in the doors. I was starving, so I'm like, oh, I need some spaghetti real quick. And so she opens it up. She's like, this cork is crystallized. I was like, um, well, I'm like, let's pour it. Let's see how it looks when we pour. If it looks crazy, then we'll, like, pour it out. We'll pick another bottle. We have, like, a bunch of bottles here. So she's like, it looks good. So then she pours two glasses. She drinks from hers. And she's just standing there looking at me like, mm. And I was like, does it taste, like, spoiled or something? She's like, it don't taste good. (laughs) So I'm expecting it to taste, like, disgusting. So, like, I took a drink of it and I was like mm-hmm. oh I think it's I think it's fine it's not the best red wine I've had but it's not so, the worst it, this is also might be what it, it reminds me of last week I had bought a bottle of Pinot and um, well Pinot Noir and I didn't drink like I opened it on maybe Monday and I didn't have the rest until Friday like I had a glass on Friday well, it sat in the fridge open that long, so you could tell it had sat and been open, and it just wasn't good anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's kind of what this tastes like. Like, like it's, just it's got there. stale. Mm-hmm. All right, so it fridge. says, what are the crystal deposits I see on some wine corks? Okay. It says, I have sometimes found a little crystal deposit stuck to the bottom of the wine cork that looked like broken glass. What's the story? Um, it says, you'll be relieved to know it's not glass, nor is it dangerous in the least. Those are tartrate crystals, sometimes called white, called wine diamonds, and mm-hmm. chemically known as potassium bitartrate. 
They are formed when the tartaric acid, a natural component found in grapes as well as bananas, binds with potassium under cold conditions to form a crystalline salt. Mm. Although they adhere to the corks, you may sometimes find them sticking to the bottom of your glasses when last pour from the bottle. So you can find them in red and white wines. Um, mm. They just basically it's because it got cold and then it was sat there. So that's all it really means, and it mm. formed it. So that's why like wineries tend to stabilize the temperature of their wine so it doesn't form form the crystals. I mean, every girl loves diamonds though. It says makers of high quality wine prefer to interview in as little as possible with such techniques as cold stabilization and filtering because it strips the flavor of the wine. So diamonds are a wine lover's best friend. Oh. oh so just so okay. you know, Lisa's... Diamonds are her best friend. Lisa's not a true wine lover is what it's saying. My bottles don't sit that long, let's just be honest. Wine <laughs> diamonds are girl's best friend. They don't sit that long in my house. But see, it's not from it sitting there. It's from the way that it was stabilized when it was fermenting in the first place. All wine sits there because it has oh. to ferment. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to drink it. It is kind of making me hot already. I'm drinking yeah. it fast because I'm trying to make myself like it. You know, you drink it more, you like it more. It is a very high alcohol mm -hmm. by volume anyway. So like my cheeks are getting red. I can feel it. I can see them getting red. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lisa. So what have you been up to since we last recorded the podcast? Yeah, when was that? Any story time. It was after your vow renewal. So, Before my birthday, what? Yes, which you were out of town for. Yeah. You, your story time is probably better than mine. I don't think we did anything. What'd you do? Uh, well, I went to Atlanta to pick up the kids from my sisters. Mm -hmm. I had a great time. Like, I didn't try to jam-pack it full of stuff mm -hmm. to do. We went hiking. We tried out some restaurants. Yeah, um, your restaurants looked good. Yeah, things like that. So, had a good time. Now I am one year older so normally i make a really big deal out of my birthday like my birthday month starts at the beginning of july i was gonna july. say it usually starts at like july 1st no yeah joke. yeah i'll tell everybody it's my birthday month and it's my birthday weekend blah blah, blah. Mm. but i didn't really go all out um when i came back to work on monday uh, my co-workers had decorated my mm -hmm. desk so that was kind of cool um which is funny because they're guys so and that was sweet yeah. on them. It was really nice. Um, but I didn't really do anything. Did you get any good gifts? Crazy. You usually get gifts, don't I you? got a $100 gift card nice. um, to Best Buy. I almost bought a laptop for myself, but I didn't. I'm I, really surprised you have not yet, to be 100% honest with you. Not that you guys can see, but her screen is cracked. And if you know that Tiff is like a total techie nerd that yeah. she is... I cannot believe that this screen has stayed cracked for this long without you buying a new one. Yeah, and you know what? I I've really contemplated it and part of it is like um I'm kind of on a mission to cut down spending and cut down debt. So like I paid off my student loans, all my credit cards are paid off. The only debt that I currently have right now is my car loan. So I've kind of been focusing on that, and then I've also been um, trying to help my mom pay down her credit. Mm -hmm. So I pay the mortgage every other month, mm -hmm. and then I 
contribute to the mortgage on the other months. Mm -hmm. And then I pay for the phone, internet, cable. So it's kind of been like the laptop, like I really want it, mm -hmm. but I don't actually need it. Mm -hmm. So the good thing is I've kind of been just looking at deals for the laptop that I want because I want a gaming laptop that has a lot of power. Even though I'm not a gamer, so... I was going to say, well, what do you want a gaming laptop for? It's good for, like, um, because, processing uh, audio and well. processing video and things like that. I wanted to get into video editing. The girls want to do a YouTube channel, mm -hmm. so... I'm kind of... I, this is a fast computer. It's like an i7, you know, large screen. Mm -hmm. So I want something that's also an i7, a larger screen... Um, I don't need something that's super portable, but it has mm -hmm. to be portable enough for me to put in a backpack to carry to Lisa's house. Mm -hmm. So I can't get like a desktop or something. Mm -hmm. But um, right. yeah, it's all kind of nerdy. Long story short, it's just I'm I'm able to kind of watch the prices and see. And Which I think nice. if I find one that I really like in the price mm -hmm. range that I want, you'll get it. Then I'll just drop I'll drop the money on mm -hmm. it. But I've got goals right now, you know, trying to pay off the car note, yeah. save up for a house, um, because I'm going to give this, this will be the first car that I've ever paid off all the way through, and that's because I'm going to give it to JR when he Turn. gets to mm -hmm. the driving age for him to drive around at school. It's really good on gas. Mm -hmm. It's a small, petite yeah. little car, so. It'll be definitely good for a first-time car. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm actually planning on doing for all the kids is I drive a car. Um, so my my goal is to drive this one till it's paid off, right? JR should be at the driving age by that time. Then I give the car to him. I buy a new car, but a, a same type of thing, like a really cheap car, brand new. Mm -hmm. I drive it around until, until Monty gets to the driving age, right? Then I give her that car, and then I buy a new car, and I pay that one off within two years. And then I give that one to Sydney, and mm -hmm. same thing all the way down to Lena. So they have a newer car, but not necessarily the newest mm -hmm. car. So it's still a used car, but it's paid off. There's no debt, and then right. that's that's it. Yeah, that's so, a good idea. Kind of what my goal is. We'll see how that works in practice. You know, in it's life, always right? in theory, it's always a good idea, right? And then mm -hmm. you do, and then you don't know. Yeah. yeah. So true. But nothing crazy went down. I made, like, whiskey mules. Um, my sister really enjoyed them. So I taught my mm. niece how to make whiskey mules. So now she knows how to make them. For her mom. Yeah. Mm -mm. And she's good at it. I mean, it's really, really easy to make yeah, whiskey, whiskey mules. Yeah, whiskey mules are easy. And they're delicious. I like them way better than Moscow mules. Oh, yeah, me too. I would... Well, I don't really like vodka. So I would much rather prefer a whiskey mule over any... Or even a bourbon mule is good. I don't think I've had a bourbon meal, but it's pretty similar it's to whiskey because yeah, put bourbon. I was say bourbon and and whiskey are kind of like in the mm -hmm. same yeah, family. Put, so you just put the bourbon instead of whiskey. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I shouldn't be. I mean, my niece is only like ten. So yeah, she's bragging about teaching her how. To make yeah, I don't know meals. if that's best practice to teach her ten-year-old niece how to make whiskey meals, but I did. I mean, I guess for her mom. <laughs> She'll be like, get in the kitchen and make me another one. Yep, pretty much. That's what she did when I was there. So I just watched her do it the first time, and then I was like, okay. She got it from then. She knew it. It's really simple. Child um, slavery, I tell you. Oh, my gosh. Lisa's so crazy. Mm -mm. She's such a crazy lady, that girl. 
Shoot, Tyler would probably try to taste them if I taught him how to make them. <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry about Rihanna tasting them, though. But she's 10, so maybe she's a good age. She would not try to taste them at all. Yeah. She don't even try to dip her finger in them. No? No. I think it's some kids, like, some kids are really interested in some kids. She has no they interest. They don't care. Yeah, they don't have any she interest She thinks it in stinks, like, anything. Beer, wine, mixed drinks. She just has no interest in what's whatsoever. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I did when I was a kid growing up. Like did I really yeah. have interest in I can't remember either. Yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, the kids are bad guys, so it's been a while since I've had children. <laughs> Back to reality has yeah. came into play. Yeah. It's a it's a weird dynamic having your kids. This back. weekend she's like, Oh, I'm gonna go do oh no, I'm not gonna go do. You know what my weekend is is jam-packed. That's how mine Lisa is. and I have a wedding on Friday. I have a barbecue on Saturday and a picnic on Sunday. So See? it's like... Yeah, That's it's how really we are. Easy. We have the wedding on Friday, which thankfully we'll have no kids for. We have Saturday is my cousin's 21st birthday party. Sunday I work and then as soon as I leave work at 2 o'clock we have to go to Oak Park for a birthday party. Okay. So it's like there will be no rest this weekend at all whatsoever. See, and mine actually, like, I'm not really super stressed about it because I think it's going to be pretty chill. Like, Yeah, I'm not, like, it's not like it's going to be a bad packed no. weekend. It's just going to be a really packed yeah. weekend. Because sometimes there's packed weekends where you're yeah. just, like, you're stressed because you have so much right, stuff to get done. Right, but this is not one of those no. weekends. Like, everything, well, other than work. I kind of wish I didn't have to work, but yeah, see, i got to be there at 7 Whew. on Sunday and work till 2. Yikes. Yeah, that's not going to okay. be fun. But then I'll have, so I have this Friday off, which is nice. So I know I'll be able to sleep on Friday. And then I have, since I'm working Sunday, I have next Friday off. So it's going to be really nice having two Fridays off in a row. Oh, yeah. That'll be really nice. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It will. Mine will be a short Friday. It's almost like working a half day on Friday for me. Yeah, that's not really nice for yeah. you guys in the summer. And then Monday will be my first work from home day so that'll be that'll be great that'll be nice to work in my pajamas i would be sitting my butt right here in my bed yeah i haven't done that in a long time working um, in my pajamas for sure so is your mom back or is she still there uh my mom's back she's she? That's good. she's back i didn't know if she stayed there longer than you guys well she was there well she left like saturday the saturday before we left so we oh, left okay. on a wednesday she left on the saturday prior okay. She stopped by North Carolina where we used to live, um, mm -hmm. hung out with some people that we grew up with. So oh, nice. I lived in North Carolina from the age of six to 10. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Hawaii. So um, what was amazing is she ran into people that we grew up with, you know, that was like 23 years ago when we mm -hmm. left. And so she went and those people are still in the same area. Uh, in people, North Carolina? Yep. Oh, that's awesome. People that I thought had passed away were still alive, so that's even better because mm -hmm. I was I was certain that these people were not still alive because mm -hmm. they were pretty old when I was down there 20, mm -hmm. 23 years ago. But it was um but they were still alive and that's good. You know, doing well. So yeah, it's that's very good. good. Yeah. Nice. Fun. And then she spent like a day or two up there and then she drove down to Atlanta and then Sterl and I flew into Atlanta. And then we all drove back up together. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So it was nice. Cool. Nice. Well, I guess we can get into the topic. 
Um, so when I was down in Atlanta, my sister's boyfriend, fiance, I don't know what to call him. Are they that engaged? guy. No. Oh, so I guess okay. it would just be her boyfriend. But she tells people at work he's her fiance because it seems more stable, right? So when you've been with somebody for a long time and you're never sure when you're going to get engaged, you just tell people that's your fiance. Otherwise, people look at you crazy, right? So he was like, hey, Tiff, did you hear that, you know, Trump wants to revamp the welfare system so that anybody who's on who's able body and over the age of 18 has to work in order to collect in order to stay and collect welfare stay on welfare and collect it Mm -hmm. and i don't know if he expected me to say something like oh i don't believe in that or whatever the case may be but my thoughts were good i think that's what you should do like if you're able to work mm-hmm. you know why not right um the current welfare system right now i think kind of handicaps people into not working so if the goal is to get people to work and to be self-sufficient then yes like why do not it. why right. wouldn't we do it so right. what about what kind of thoughts do you have on that i mean i feel like i feel like for some reason it's easy for people who should not be on welfare to get welfare and I feel like for people who truly need welfare, they can't get it. You know, like it is. It kind of stumps people into not working. Mm-hmm. Because you can know, well, if I make this much, I can't get it, so why would I work? Right, or there's no incentive. if I lie about this, or I say this, or I say that, I'm going to get a link card. I'm going to get my daycare assistance paid for. I'm going to get Medicaid for my kids. I'm going to get this, so why would somebody want to be married or act like they have a combined income, even though there's the mother and the father living in a house together, Mm -hmm. they still act like they're single with no help from the father, so then they get everything for free. Yeah. When it's not true, and it's like, you know, there's people out there, I feel like, who do work 40 hours a week, they bust their ass, but they still can't afford to make ends meet, but they can't get any help at all whatsoever. Yeah. And to me, that's not okay. Like, that's my thought on it. So if you're going to make it better and you're going to make people actually have to work and do things, I'm actually all for it. Yeah. I think, I don't know. Like, okay, so I have a very weird ideology when it comes to Lisa's point where Mm -hmm. she's like, people who don't deserve to be on it are on it and people who do deserve aren't on it. Mm -hmm. I mean... I think there's, hmm, the people who tend to stay on welfare and know how to stay on it, know how to game the system. And I'm not really mad at them mm-hmm. in that, in this regard, because we don't force companies to make sure that they pay their workers a living wage to support a family. True. We don't do it. So you want somebody to go and work a job knowing that in the end you're not going to pay them enough to live in the first place right then you get mad like well why are you on it and from what i've seen most people i know who have ever in their life collected some form of welfare have also worked in order to benefit from the welfare Mm -hmm. so i see that in more like higher degrees than somebody like bullshitting the system you know but my thing is there's people who 
or on welfare because they say they can't afford any to put food on the table or they can't afford to pay for daycare but your kids walk around in all name brand clothes name brand shoes you have name brand clothes name brand shoes when there's people who work 40 hours a week both of them who would never qualify for any kind of daycare assistance or anything from the government but they can't afford to put their children in that kind of stuff or themselves or live in places who are too small for them or like there's a, an example of this one lady that I work with somebody in her family their kids are disabled Mm -mm. Um, like she cannot work. Mm -hmm. She has to stay home with the child. She tried to get, because you know, a lot of times if your child is disabled, you go get your CNA license. The state will pay you to stay at home and take care of your child. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times it is hard to get them in anywhere that will take them and treat them correctly or whatever. She was denied that because she said her husband made too much. I mean, and that's then, the thing. The problem is with the system. The problem is not with the people that know how to game the system. Because in the rea in reality, there's not really that many people gaming the system out of that much there's those people who money. don't need to be on it that makes it harder for the other people to get it is the problem. Well, no, the reason those people who are on it can, like, buy their kids stuff is, you're right, because they're not paying for rent. They're not right. paying for food. Right. But if they were paying for those things, they would need welfare still. They wouldn't so, be able to buy those name brand things, but they would still be able to. And that's not but to maybe say that like, should be the give or take that they do. Your child doesn't necessarily have to be in all name brand things if that's not what you can afford. So why don't you put the food on the table instead of using the welfare and let somebody else who needs it? Like we go through this and get stuff about this at work all the time. Uh-huh. That it's because the people who use it that don't truly need it, but they want to live this other lifestyle, so they use it. It it generally does take away from the people who need it and they cannot get it. Well, and the system does it to itself because what does it say? I agree. You can get it does all do it of this itself. shit. You can get your house paid. You can get your food yep. paid. You can get your education paid. You can mm -hmm. get a training paid. You can get a lot of things paid. Your health insurance paid. Mm -hmm. As long as you do not make a cent more right. than this thing. So there's no incentive for people to do one cent better, mm -mm. that very small increment better, because the system is designed to keep you in that spot. Right. Now, here's the thing. As a person of logic, right, I, I got thrown out on the streets. Mm -hmm. I lost my job, right? I get on the welfare system. And I'm like, you're going to pay for me to live mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a house or apartment or whatever the case may be. You're going to put food on the yeah. table. You're going to pay for my education and things like that. But if I try and work and find a job and it pays me something where I can't afford what I'm already getting right now, why would I do that logically? I agree. It doesn't even make any sense. Right. Why would somebody so want to get off of it? You put people in a predicament where it's more logical for them to stay on it mm -hmm. than to get better and get off of it. And then everybody else who just happened to not fall on the times where they were so low that they needed to be on welfare are mad. But mm -hmm. it's like, okay, what if you fell onto those hard times and you could not pick yourself up quick enough to even, like, think of getting off of welfare? They were like, basically, you're going to lose your home, Lisa, mm -hmm. if you make eight fifty an hour and you work those 36 right. hours... You're going to be like, fuck that. Cut me off at 30. 
I'm not getting up to you know the 36 mm-hmm. hours because I don't want you to pull my house right from exactly me. so we blame the people on it but logically if that was you in that position and you're like I'm not going to have a place to live what are you going to do but that's you're going to be that like same person staying on it but there's give or take like you can't like and I'm not saying everybody is like this because I know people who are on it that they genuinely need it like they would have nothing but there comes a point where you have been on this for years and years and years and years and years and there has to be give or take like you can't always expect for somebody else to hand you something you have to give or take this or that just like us who work 40 hours a week Mm -hmm. still it's hard to make ends meet after you're paying all your bills and everything else but not trying to get on any welfare assistance because you have to do give or take. Like, you can't just... Well, here's... You have to cut this out or cut here's this what out. I'll say. Back to that lady, though, let me say... Okay. What I was going to say is her husband works. She doesn't work. She couldn't get qualified for getting paid at home for a CNA. They have their whole house already, like, it's been modified. It's everything for their disabled son. Like, it's totally set up for them... And they couldn't even get any help. None. They couldn't even get insurance help, food stamps, mortgage help, nothing. So, but see, then someone would come along who who has the same mindset of like, oh, well, you, you know, you, this this mindset. Oh, well, you over there rocking endurance. Well, you have enough money to make modifications to your home. Well, that if, was before she had to stay at home with the kid. If now you he's doing so, one Yeah, if you were so poor. Well, they How weren't poor at the this? time. You but know? this is their situation. Yeah. They weren't poor at the time. But you always they have someone have who don't know place. your exact right. situation and right. will say something. So they weren't poor. They She could work. Now she can no longer work because she has to be at home because he's just at that point. And people do get to that point where there's nowhere, there's no, like, a daycare place or nothing for them to go to anymore. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much an adult. Um, they don't even make car seats anymore big enough for him to go in the car. Uh-huh. So when he gets in a car, they... He barely gets to go anywhere. They have to shove stuff around him so that he's not moving all over the place because the seatbelt just doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, so they genuinely need it because of their disabled son, but they can't get it because they say the husband works too, so much, too much So money. does he not have insurance through his job? He does, but it would, as and we all know, insurance is sky, but it see, is not a hundred percent. But I'm saying we don't, we don't right. get mad at an insurance company not paying for what you pay them to give you, right? right. We don't get mad at a business making money off of you. Oh no, I not, get mad at insurance, but companies. not doing their job, right? Well, <clears throat> I do just because I, I know, and I feel like people paying their insurance companies way too much damn money. Oh, yeah. For the low oh, amount yeah. that they pay for oh, yeah. it. Like, We're, that could be a whole nother damn podcast in my yeah, eyes. Yeah, oh, and no, for, for sure. everything that they deny that should not be denied. We see patients all the time and see TMRI. They have cancer that needs scans to be done. And the insurance denies them and says they don't need it. Are you kidding me? Yep. How else are we supposed to see how it's progressing with the chemo or anything else that they're doing? What do you mean they don't need it? Who are you to sit behind a computer and say somebody doesn't need something? You are not their doctor. <laughs> See, and See, this a, could be a whole nother podcast because I, I could go like on a that's rant. The same argument, because like I'm really trying to think of someone I knew mm-hmm. who had welfare assistance where I was just like, you don't need it. You absolutely mm-hmm. do not need it. And I can't think of one person where I was just like, you There's absolutely. People, I ain't putting nobody on blast. Do not need it. 
You know, and I've been someone who's taken part in welfare. So mm-hmm. when JR was a baby, I was a college student. I didn't really work a full-time job. I was mm-hmm. in college, of course. Um, it was not a planned pregnancy. So I was like, you know what? He has to have health insurance. There's no way around it. And luckily, right. I had enough foresight to put him on kid care or whatever it was called mm-hmm. in Illinois, which is, it's welfare, right? I had it when Tyler was a baby. So he was on it for a year and then he got on to his dad's insurance because his dad finally got on full time and he could put him on his insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So he was on his dad's insurance. But for a year, he was luckily mm-hmm. on kid care because his hospital bill as a baby was $80,000. He was in the NICU for 10 days. Yeah. 10 days of life and it was $80,000. And it's like, thank God you did have that because even if you did have your insurance that they have now, you would still be paying out the ass and who can afford that? Yeah. So, like, for me, I I, I benefited off of that. JR was on WIC. Right? So Tyler. So, the first year of his life, he was on WIC. Another form of welf- welfare right there, mm-hmm. right? For... Let's see. A few months, the kids were... I was getting welfare through daycare assistance for the kids. Had I not, it would have been $1,000 a week mm-hmm. for the kids to go to daycare. So, I mean, I don't make $1,000 in a week. Even now, making what I make, I don't make $1,000 in a week. Yeah. So, there was no way I'd be able to work and afford, you know, putting them in daycare. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I can't get on somebody about using welfare when I've used it myself. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing because I do think there's things out there like those situations. When Tyler was born, I was a single mom. I wasn't getting any help. I, he was on Medicaid. I can't remember if it was called Medicaid either or something else, but he was on it. I He got WIC. There's no way I could have been a single mom working the job that I was working and doing it all by myself and not have had somebody helping me pay for formula and it, well it's formula I think that's all you get on WIC you get juice you get rice well, cereal when they got older yeah but but it's like I had to do it then too but I truly needed it it was like and then my parents moved away so I had to move out well I couldn't afford to live on my own pay for a baby and do and work getting paid crap like I was getting paid. I was going to school, but then I had to quit because I couldn't do both. I couldn't be a single mom with no help, work full time, go to school pretty much full time, and still not afford to pay for where I live. So I had to pick up extra hours everywhere I could, but I was on it. And it's like, it helped me, thankfully. I didn't get, I, they told me I couldn't get daycare assistance and I couldn't get a link card because I made too much. But they gave me WIC and Medicaid. Yeah, see, I was working under which the table was, for cash. Honestly, which there was, was no way I could have made a few hours a week. Much. I was going to school full time. And luckily, you know, I was living at home with my mom. So if I didn't have, like, my mom for me, what, what would I have done? Where yeah. would I have gone? Exactly. It's like, you it's know, crazy. You just don't know people's circumstance and you don't know where they're going to go in life so i mean i know people now who were on welfare at one point and because they're doing well now Mm -hmm. they're very anti-welfare 
And it's like, well, how can you be anti-welfare when you had it before? Exactly. Like, or aren't I, you not the deadbeat people that you're talking about? Right. Like the welfare mm-hmm. queen that you're talking oh, about? Yes. And that's why it's kind of weird to me because mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't have utilized it and know that you can grow from it and like move past it and then expect that everybody who's on it now doesn't need it. And that's why I hate when people are like, oh, I know people who don't need it. Yeah, you know some people. There's always the exception to the rule, right? You right. always are going to know somebody who, just like you know that coworker who doesn't actually mm-hmm. do shit at work, right? but they still get paid to be there, right? We all know those people. So it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people on welfare, and some of them, yes, they, they take don't advantage it. of right. it. But when you put that connotation into people's head who've never had to be on welfare, who've, you know, been born with a silver spoon. Yeah. They don't understand. Everybody's underst- born into being rich. No, they don't understand that concept. And so it's so detrimental to, like, these programs because then people are like, you know, you need to work hard and pull yourself up. And it's yeah. like, dude, you didn't have to pull yourself up. You started up. And you know what kills me is go to school, get a good job, and you wouldn't have to flip burgers at... Burger King. Well, you know what? Once you've had children, and we've, and not everyone, but once you've had children in a situation where you were not prepared for, it was a, I don't want to say an oops, but it was like a, oh, okay, here we are now. Like, not prepared for this in any way. Not even in a good situation for it. But they're still there, and you're going to take care of them regardless of what you have to do. So... I forgot where my train of thought was going already. What did I say at first? I don't remember. She's asking, and I have the worst memory. I'm going to read some of the comments that we got from our question, and then we'll see if it kind of triggers Lisa to, like, regain her thought of where she was going with that. All right. So the question that we posed to our followers was, what are your thoughts on the current welfare system? Mm -hmm. All right. So Tiffany said... I don't think abuse is as rampant as everyone says there is. I feel like the welfare queen is a myth coming from someone who was on welfare at one point. It definitely needs reform, but I think in more of a step-down sort of way. Unless you're catapulted into good luck, it's near impossible to get out of. There also needs to be more education about what it is, who it serves, and the process. It's completely misunderstood. And then Joni commented, and she said, I'll add to Tiffany's thoughts. I do personally know welfare queens, women who pop out babies, who pop babies out just to stay in the system, but they are few and far between. I myself have been on food stamps, WIC, and Medicaid at some point in my life and not ashamed. I think reform is needed, but if we want people to get off welfare, cost of living needs to go down. I have a friend who lives in New Hampshire. She makes almost 20 an hour and has three boys. She lives in a nasty HUD housing, gets Medicaid food stamps and daycare because 20 is not enough to live on up there. She would move but has, but has elderly parents in poor health. Um, Elvis, a.k.a. EJ from the GTS podcast said, Sucks that the people who really need it struggle to get it and the people who get it with ease don't need it or abuse the benefits to be lazy. Um, Tiffany commented, and I thought this was going to turn to like this huge argument. She was like, "If people are easily able to get it, how do they, how do they don't need it exactly?" He said, "Not all people." My apologies. 
Joni said, Tiffany, I think I get what he means. Hardworking people that need just a bit of help can't get it because they make $10 too much. Mm -hmm. But people who don't even try have no trouble at all. You are a special case because of school. And then EJ said, exactly. Thanks for finding the words I couldn't. Tiffany mm-hmm. said, that same reason is why it is hard to get off welfare also. If the income requirement is 800 and you make 850 that $50 isn't going to mean much. The system sucks all around. And yes, we were a special case because of school, but we have friends that were on it as well. Hardworking, but barely making it that were also on welfare. Every state is different in what they decide as far as requirements. Joni said, Tiffany, you are exactly right. What's $50? The system is broken. It needs a massive overhauling. Um, Elizabeth said, when I was laid off by my job and unemployment had not kicked in yet, I had applied and was denied. The caseworker was so rude and told me I was lucky to have a husband, that there are many women who aren't as lucky as me that has a husband who works, that need assistance more than me. What? So because I choose to marry my kid's father, I'm eliminated. So when I complained, of course, they hit me with the, my husband makes $10 over the allowed income. I was so pissed off. And what the hell is $10 going to buy? What's $50 going to buy? Yep. Melissa said, I think the system is broken. People who are much in need go without. Well, I was firsthand... While I have firsthand seen others abuse it, I think the case workers are underpaid and overworked. I think our system needs an overall. We have people make billions of dollars while others work three jobs to survive. Of course, I provided such loaded words, but have no clue as to how as how to fix it. So, I think that's something that I never. Well, no, I've actually contemplated on how to fix welfare and. Mm-hmm. I think it's by implementing a gradual step-down process. You know, as you slowly acquire more money, they kind of pull back mm-hmm. on their resources, right? So until you hit that equilibrium of being able to kind of like afford a place and right. afford food, you know, a portion of it goes into it and it kind of just eases off, right? The assistance goes down as you start to progress and work and things like that. Everybody who works knows it's very rare that you're going to hit this big come up at work, Mm -hmm. right? It's always this very gradual process. So why don't we treat welfare in the same manner? We give you as much as you kind of need and we kind of allow you to kind of grow at the same time as we're giving you, you're getting more independence and less assistance, but in a gradual manner. And I think it would work on like a Something that wouldn't be uh, so often, but maybe like an annual basis. Okay, how are you mm-hmm. doing this year? Where are you at financially? How do you look compared to last year? Okay, you got well, a little... I think it is annually now. You got a... Well, no, because right now it's annual assessment of like, you get cut off. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like the distribution of like, oh, you gotcha. can't constantly monitor, oh, Lisa got a 25 cent, now you right. have to report it. Right. Oh, no, that was fraud, blah, blah, blah. And why not say, okay, let's evaluate... Where are you at mm-hmm. right now? Okay, this year you got a, a dollar raise at work. Okay, so you've been making this mm-hmm. much extra. Okay, let's let's kind of st- slowly to cut back on what we're giving you and you take over a little bit more of the responsibility. I think that makes that, sense as a system. Sense. Exactly, like it's how it should have always been. Right. And I, But I also think that to also cut out the people who don't, they just don't want to work. They want to do it. Like... Tell them you have to work. Because I remember when, when I was on it with Tyler, 
They said, if you ever lose your job, you have to prove to us that you're applying for jobs. Like, you can't. Yeah, but that's just easy enough So to now do. I don't know if they still do that anymore. Yeah, oh yeah, they still do yeah. it. Even if you collect, like, unemployment or something, they're like, are you, have you been applying yeah. to jobs? And it's like, eh. Yeah, I don't know how many times at work when positions have been open, there's supposed to be an interview that comes in and they just don't come. Oh, yeah, because you can apply for like, all the well, jobs you've applied, you want to. Yeah. So why, you just show them that you've they, applied. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah, I've been applying. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a funny process. And again, are you going to make enough to justify you being off of welfare? Right. No. You're, giving, you're paying for me to have a three-bedroom, two-bathroom townhome. Right. In a nice neighborhood that I wouldn't be able to afford otherwise on a $10 an hour yeah. Salary working as a working as a receptionist or doing something that's not mm-hmm. flipping burgers but should be making more money. Yeah. That I'm still not gonna be able to make a living on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what ten dollars an hour is gonna get you as far as rent in the state of Illinois. Nothing. Especially up here, you know, a near the city. Shack, I mean, I guess if you're out in the middle of Timbuk fucking two in the country where it's cheaper you might be able to afford something yeah but not here not in the near suburbs of chicago not even close you'd be lucky i mean think you could be ten dollars an hour studio apartment that you could afford for ten dollars an hour and it being plus health insurance no kids or anything else you couldn't even get utility bills fuck that you want you're not affording shit Mm-hmm. You better find a bunch of roommates. Yeah, you better not have any children because that's not going to work. Mm-mm. Don't have none. But, yeah, I think that would be the solution. That would definitely, that's something that I've always thought would be a solution. And I'm. It would. Kind of. I think it's funny that we we have not had a politician or someone smart enough to think of something like that. That seems a bit weird. Yeah. You would think. This one that thinks he knows everything would do it. Well, like I said, I had heard I didn't I didn't fact check this that he had planned to change it so that way in order to stay on it you have to be working. If you're eighteen and older and you're able bodied. So that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. You're you're physically able to work. You know, though I do know that's one thing I do know. I know people that fake injuries or they'll like milk that injury for what disability yes yeah they hand out oh my god workman's comp is handed out left and right disability is handed out left and right to people you know damn well do not need disability but then the people who truly need disability can't get disability because there's too many damn people on disability yeah and that i know for a fact (laughs) and i think it's also stems from the work environments that we've created like the work hours, the mm-hmm. the pressure of like trying to do so many different people's job because they're cutting out people that yeah. act, are actually needed in order for them to turn a higher profit to appease other people. And the reality is you need more people in order to do the job because it's too much work between yeah. the small staff that you have and the low pay that they're giving you. Yeah. And so people people are overworked. They're stressed. They're burnt out. Well, that's what they're doing at our job now. When people leave, they're reevaluating positions. And if if they feel the higher ups at the company who don't even do the jobs and probably really don't even know shit about the jobs, 
if they feel it's not needed, they eliminate the positions. There's been two two positions recently eliminated within like our department alone. And you know, these schedules were already out with these people on them. Well, the the people who were in filling in like from agencies or whatever. And they said, Okay, well then they didn't think that they had to let the agency go until, you know, the schedules were done. And they tell them, well, no, we eliminated the positions. That's what they're in for. They have to go today. It's their last day. <laughs> so they have two weeks of schedules. Would we take care of patients? Two weeks of schedules that are filled out with these agency workers who they just had to go that day. And then they were like, well, pretty much figure it out on your own. So that's oh, why yeah. my hours are different. Because they asked if we minded taking some. And I'm like, well, no, what else are you going to do? You have another choice. Yeah. And it's like. It's the one position I can actually kind of see why it was eliminated. But the other position, absolutely not. There is no reason that that position should have ever been eliminated. If anything else, that part of the department needed, like, extra people added in there because they are so busy. Yeah, but it's because... If you know a position, you know what it entails, and mm. then you realize, like, okay, these are all of the things that mm. have to be done. Yeah. Then you are more sympathetic towards keeping people in those positions. Mm -hmm. But when you don't understand all the details and all the minutia of a job and what it, what all it encompasses, what all mm. has to be done within a certain amount of time, you don't yeah. respect that work and you don't respect the worker or that position. Yeah. And so you feel like, okay, it's okay, we can get rid of it. And then when, you know, things start to go south really quickly, it's because you eliminated people in positions mm -hmm. that you actually needed. And that's pretty much, I guess, what our lead and our director said was, don't you dare come at my staff when you feel we aren't doing the turnaround like we should because you've eliminated a position that needed to be there. Like, don't you dare yell at them and tell them they are not up to their par for work. Yeah, it's like, how much work do you expect yeah. me to get done in this amount of time? There's only yeah. one of me. I can yep. only do one thing at one time. I cannot yep. do something in that room and do all the stuff here yeah. at the front desk and manage I mean, it's, this and it's manage just, that. It's totally crazy to me, and I feel like, like, that's the one thing I don't, like, that I was stressed out about before, was now that, that we become fully advocate, they're trying to treat us like we're a hospital. Well, we're not a hospital. We're a clinic. Don't treat us like a hospital. We should not have to be open from 6 o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock at night. We are no. a clinic. We should not have to be open in our departments Saturday, all day Saturdays, all day Sundays. If I wanted to work weekends, I'd work at a hospital. I don't want to work weekends anymore. I did my share of working weekends. I have kids at home now. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I have a husband at home that really the weekends are the only time we get to spend a lot of time together because he works at night. So I don't want to have to start week weekends. And now Sundays, like the Sundays that they ask us to work, we can deny them. But it's like they're trying to get to the point where you can't deny it. Oh, yeah. They, you they're ask going me to, work to like Sunday? muscle you right. into doing it. Yeah. You ask me to work a Sunday... If it's a Sunday I'm available, I'm saying, yeah, because then I get a Friday off. And then I get a three-day weekend the next week. And why would I not That's the one thing that, that irritated me um, with my last job is it was just like, oh, well, the guys want to work. And, you know, I kept saying, what work? They don't have work to do. They don't have work to do during their regular scheduled mm -hmm. hours. And now you want me to come in 
and work overtime on Saturdays and Sundays, and I have family, like I have kids at home, yeah. nope. and I don't want to sit here and spend my weekends working. I don't even like working the five days mm-hmm. that I am here because you guys make me so miserable. And I'm a very competent person at my job, but you guys make me so angry because you guys are so incompetent. Mm-hmm. Throwing money down the drain. Yeah. But I'm like... And then they wonder why you want me to come in on weekends when you have no work to do. Stop it. Stop Mm -hmm. it. No, you have no work to do and you want a mandatory me to come in. You you know, if if people want to volunteer to come in, great. Then I don't care. You know, that's Mm -hmm. on you. That's on them. Don't mandate me to be at work on the weekends. Well, that's how that's kind of going to be me. Like, I'm not doing an every other weekend type of deal all day long. It's not going to happen. So, do you feel like. Okay. Do you feel as though the job descriptions and the requirements these days are not worth the money? Yeah. I feel like jobs should pay you more. Yeah, like I've and gone I feel and like, like, you know, there's all these open recs at all these different mm-hmm. companies. And I'm reading the description and I'm like, you essentially want somebody who's like an expert or like, yeah. you know, like management level, but you're but like, okay, then I'm going to pay you like $15 right. an hour. And I'm, who, who wants a job like that? We want you to dedicate your life here, but we're going to give you money that's not enough for you to actually afford a place to live. Yeah. And so at my job, so I can't really speak about anybody else's job. At mine, we now have only one big HR department. Well... It's an HR department for literally the whole freaking advocate healthcare system for all employees. For the nation. Well, we're only in this area. Oh, okay. But there's hospitals in Chicago. There's, I mean, it's everywhere. And now on top of having all of advocate and then all of advocate medical group, they have now took over all of Dryer. So Mm -hmm. all of Dryer and all of Dryer facilities are now advocate. And there's one HR department for hiring for all these people. Mm Mm-hmm. So, they have people who work from home, sitting behind the computer, who know not shit about any of the jobs that are posted. They just know on HR the, stuff. Yes. Uh, that are posted. They go off of pretty much what their paper says that these people's requirements have to be. And that's how they pick people who apply. Right. And it's like, so, not realistic. It's no. not realistic way to hire people. No. Is, you know, and HR people are supposed to learn the position mm-hmm. and understand what the position wants and what mm-hmm. the supervisor of that position is looking for mm-hmm. for that particular position. But you're right. When you don't understand the actual position, so it's a little harder to do that. So, like, I had got a call for an interview for another position that I had applied for because it's more money. And which it's what I did when I worked in the business office anyway. And... I could totally tell the girl was at home because when I answered the phone, she was yelling at her child in the background. Now, if that was an empl- a person who was applying for a position within the company, they didn't work there already. What kind of impression does that leave? Like, oh, this is a laid back, chill, you can kind of do whatever the hell you want type of job, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she was just like so unprofessional and... I was like, oh, my God. So then I heard, like, we've had a couple positions for CT and MRI techs open. Well, one day my lead's on the phone. And she's like, I don't really understand how you're saying nobody's applied to these jobs. You know, 
People are looking for these types for positions all the time. What do you mean to tell me nobody's applied for this position? Like it's CT technologists and MRI technologist positions. It's because of the description and, of the job well, and how much you're willing to pay. Well, this was their answer, the guy's answer, who was over that that job posting. He said, "Well, I've had some applications, but because of where they live, I just didn't even um pass yeah. them along." And she goes. All we hear her say all out all of a sudden, hold on. Who are you to make a decision that somebody cannot work here because of where they live? And she's like, well, where did they live? And he's like, well, I've had this one that was like in Warrenville or something. They oh. work in freaking Aurora. Yeah, it's only like, like it was a the Warrenville 20, area. I'm drive. not exactly sure what area, but it was over that way. Warrenville's very tiny. Yeah. And so, but it was somewhere in that area. And she goes, I live in Woodridge, and I work here every day. That is not what you're supposed to be looking for. That is not how you're supposed to be eliminating these people. You better send me these resumes now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, that's the type of people who are sitting behind desks hiring people. And the stuff that they're looking at at where you live. It's like, that's yeah. not up you to know, you. I think people always Okay, I have get this... it if somebody... And you don't know what if some if somebody does live far away. What if they're trying to relocate to the area? Like people have a conflated idea of what you need in order to yeah. do the actual job. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's probably people actually qualify, but they're like, I can't do this and I can't mm-hmm. do that because it's a want and not a need. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you do is you should be planning for what you actually need and then be happy when you get something extra additional right it'll take you in the direction you want to but that's your job to do when you're in the interview process to pick someone where you're like okay you meet exactly what we need but i like you because of this Mm -hmm. you do that but people want to put on a job description or you know when they're putting out a job you know for people to find like the highest of highest yeah. things that you don't actually need in order to do the fucking job mm-hmm. and it's like really yeah. this is what you put out there yeah i agree so i mean i do agree it's it's hard for people to get jobs and then we complain because people aren't working and it's like because you have these ridiculous fucking job descriptions that don't actually match no. what the work is of the job because let me tell you the last few people that came to our job that were hired omg there had to be people better than them. They're just good at writing a resume, maybe. Exactly. That's Mm-mm-mm. what else I think sucks. Is they only look at what's on paper. You don't even meet the person in person. Yeah. It's just but you know what? Paper then there's the weird right. thing is because some people don't interview well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm one but of those you, people... But if you have a good resume and you don't interview well, they're not going to hire you. Well, I'm one of those people that don't interview well. So I come across I'm sure as kind of awkward. Well. And no... Like, I just recently started to learn how to to interview well, just to give you guys... But an it's not like you've had a ton of jobs either, Tiffany, that you've interviewed just for. because I'm good. I'm a good worker. People mm-hmm. realize that once well, I, I get into well, it... exactly. And I normally, like, excel once I get and there. And you stay at your job. It's not like you hop from job to job to job. No, and that's because they recognize my work once they take that little bit of chance on me. Mm-hmm. But it's always like, it's never like, oh, we were super impressed with you. It's just like, once I finally actually start doing the work, mm-hmm. then they're super impressed. Like, oh, shit, like, you're mm-hmm. very smart. You catch on quickly. You know, you're mm-hmm. very polite and professional right. and all kinds of stuff. But it's never like that when I interview. Mm-hmm. Just to give you guys an example. I didn't realize I was answering this question wrong for many, many years until I recently, 
you know, started applying for jobs because I knew that my company was kind of like, eh, you know, going down that way. And I could see the trends and I knew it was coming. So I'm like, okay, I'll be a proactive. I'm going to revamp my resume. I'm going to start applying for places and stuff like that. The one question I always get wrong and I didn't realize it was like, so tell me a little bit about yourself. I hate that question. Okay, so I was reading articles, and you're supposed to tell them about yourself professionally. You know, like, oh, I've worked here, I've done that. No. What do I do? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a mom. I'm That's really what I do. I'm really Is that what you're supposed to do? No. Oh. No. When people ask, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, you're supposed to say, like, and I currently do this, you know, I'm very strong at this. And you're supposed to kind of give them the professional version of you. You're not supposed to tell them personal things like, oh. you know, like, oh, I like to, you know, eat and I like to like try out new restaurants. You're supposed to legitimately tell them about the work you do. Oh, that's good. And to you know. as a worker. I didn't know this. I didn't see anybody who's applying for a job. Yeah, my sister laughed because I told her this. I was like, oh, but I think I've been answering the question wrong for years. And she's like, what do you mean? And I, would tell, I told her like what I would say when somebody would ask that question in an interview. And she's like, oh, my God, Tiffany. Wait, so she me? knew what to say? Yeah. I didn't know what to say. She was like, that's pretty common, pretty much common sense. You don't know about no, your personal No, that's not common sense. In an interview. And I was like, I didn't know. Like, I wasn't I telling only them, thought like, it was like super you know, personal detail. Right. I was, like, I was just simply saying like, oh, you know, like so, I like to, you know play basketball or do flag football with the guys or something. I didn't know you weren't I always thought to. since that's kind of asked at the very beginning, that's like an icebreaker to make people not so n- nervous. Nope. Oh. Hmm. I did not know that. Well, I'm glad you told me. You're welcome. I'm always like, I'm a mom. I've been married for da da years. Nope. I have four kids. And then, but then a lot of times, you know, they must just be nice and go, you have four kids? And then they want to know about your kids. But I didn't know that's not what you were supposed to do. That's just them being polite because they really don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. That's real good I also know. noticed that I don't interview, interview well with women. I just like to interview I don't know period. why. I don't like the spotlight on me. I feel very awkward. So when they're staring at you with those eyes like, do I like you? Do I not like you? <laughs> I get very nervous. And well, I'm not myself. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to get a job these days is kind of what my point is. And how I mean, it ties it into so. our whole discussion of, like, being on welfare and staying on welfare. It's very hard to get out of that system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... People don't work well with getting out of a comfort zone. And being on welfare becomes a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, food, food and shelter and all that. That's... That's what a nice. Mean? That's yeah. a nice thing to have. It is. So, anything that'll take that away from you, you're not gonna want to jeopardize that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's all I have to say. I don't oh, know if Lisa had more. No, nope. good. That's it. All right, you can find us on all the major social media networks at the MWT Podcast. You can email us at the MWT Podcast at gmail dot com, and, and you can text us at three three one six eight four. Eight eight one four. You know, I don't know that number. I ain't heard We're that. We're also on, like, oh, LinkedIn okay. and things like that, so you guys can contact us. I actually think that some people have, oh, like, been hitting us up on email. I just haven't responded yet, and people have been trying to connect with us on LinkedIn. I just got really? to get on there and do it. Yeah. I haven't got any notifications. Do you have the email on to your phone? Yeah, it's with my Gmail. 
I'm kind of looking at Lisa like, mm, I don't believe you. I did before. Let me look. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's got to look because I, I don't think well, she does. we can't not reply to people. So, um, with oh, that... No, it's gone. Like I said, hmm. I'm pretty sure Lisa... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I know Lisa and her technology level. Ugh, oh, go. Lisa. Well, mm. that's it for us. We're going to let you guys go. Hey, when are we going back to every week podcast? When school starts. Okay. So it'll so be like know, what, after Labor Day. Yeah. yeah. And then we got to start prepping for like 100th episode coming up. This is number 93. So, you know, we got to. Here we go. I want to do new show music and all mm-hmm. kinds of cool shit. But I got to find time to do it. I know. So, y'all, we out. Peace.